Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, ladies, this is Tracy Harrell. And I I am just, I'm so excited. I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world, literally. Two of my favorite people are on the show with me today, Dr. Jerry Bertart and Debrina Jackson Gandy. Debrina. <laughs> Dr. Tart. So Debrina, Dr. Tart just spent the last hour with us talking about achieving racial equity and inclusion. And as you know, I can't talk about racial equity and inclusion all, you know, that can't be, you know, the focus of what I do because I also need to focus on happiness since I'm a, what did you say I was internationally? Best oh, Amazon best. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I get to say that. I get to say that. Categories in Amazon. <laughs> I get to say that a few times. So the book is called Ignite Happiness. And so today I'm actually doing a Facebook Live, Debrina. You'd be so proud of me. You know I don't do Facebook, but I'm doing a Facebook Live right now. But I'm also recording the show as a part of YouTube Live. And this show is really not about racial equity and inclusion. Again, it, it, that's part of my mission. But the other part of my mission is how do we bring joy and happiness to the world. And so today we're going to be talking about living your best life, right? We're going to do like a rapid fire. You know how you guys, they do those rapid fire conversations. So Debrina, I'm going to have you give me, give me the, not the deep version. Cause you, you're deep. You're the deep, one of the deepest people I know. I need you to give me the surface version so people can understand who you are, how they can get to another place. And then we're going to show them how to, how to spend more time with you later. How about that? You like that? Ruby. You like that? So, Debrina, why don't you introduce yourself? How, how would you describe yourself besides being a juicy woman? Oh, my gosh. That captures it. Right, well, tell us what that is. Woman living her vision board as a real lived experience, world traveler, juicy wife, juicy mama, juicy business, juicy friend, juicy daughter. That's well, it. But, but, so, for people who don't, I know what a juicy woman is. But for those people who don't know what a juicy woman is, why don't you tell us a little bit about what is a juicy woman and how can they either be one or get to know one? <laughs> Ew, how they can become one, yes. Well, see, the thing is, is that the way we are socialized and brought up in this country has us being dry instead of juicy, unfortunately, right? What I call the reboo life. Um, it's an acronym for ripping and running, efforting, busyness, overwhelm, and overdoing. And so that's the norm that we're conditioned into. So the juicy woman lifestyle and being a juicy woman is where you're operating from an elevated consciousness that's about joy and peace and ease and flow tapping into and living from um your feminine essence and feminine radiance and feminine power um and operating from the sacred self-caring consciousness so it's a very different paradigm than the one that we were brought up in in these united states I, I so I love that so much. So guys, let me just be clear. You really need to watch this one. Th this is a repeat watch show. Dr. Tart, you're a therapist, you're a psychotherapist, and you've been in the business for, tell us again who you are, even though you, you're, you're regular. Who are you and, and, and why is it so important for people to, to really choose joy? It is so important because I love what Brianna just said. 
But Debrina, Debrina. Oh, Debrina, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, what Debrina has just said, my um I am I am a psychotherapist here in the Orlando area. I have been in private practice for about 21 years now, but I've been in the field of psychology for over 40 years in various uh, uh, areas um, with uh, corporate America and whatever, but I've been in private practice for about 21 years. And, and Tracy, to your point, it is so important to be, to find joy, to find joy. You know, we, we, we talk often about happiness and I know that you've been talking about your book and the happiness and whatever, and happiness is so important. But we, we, it's, it's important for us to understand that the core of that is joy because life is going to happen and things are going to change and everything we aren't going to be happy about everything, but we can have joy when there is a concept that we value and that we hold on to. I love the fact that it's a, ma a matter of raising your level of consciousness that was so beautifully stated. Um, and I think that when we are deliberate, when we are purposeful, when we are making a conscious decision to, to talk through some of the circumstances that we may have gone through, gone, yeah, gone through and then decided, listen, I really do want to have joy in my life. I want my life to 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 have this this to, this meaning have this sense of meaning meaningfulness, and I, I want to to be influential. Um, I want to live that way. I want to show the world what I've got. It may look different than what you have, but it is so important, and particularly as it relates to mental health, because you know we struggle with anxiety, depression, um, other kinds of. Um, personality disorders and those kinds of things. And sometimes they can be so heavy that we think that because of a certain circumstance today that we can't move beyond that. But when we deliberately, purposefully make the conscious decision that we want to do that and we go and we seek an opportunity to find out how then do we do that? Where do we move from? What do I have to take out of my life? What do I have to make a conscious choice to put into my life in order to get that that we say and the uh, the the juicy woman concept. Uh, when you started, Debrina, uh, um, and you said that it's about our concepts has been historically about being dry or whatever, and whether we can uh, we can identify or understand that or not. But when you add that 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 fluid, the, the the fluidity of it, when you make the decision, you said something about your flow. That means that there is a movement. We are moving to do something different. We are not that being stagnant. We are not settling. We're not settling. We're not settling for that. We're saying that I have a purpose and I want to live my purpose. And sometimes in being conscious, we do have to get that uh, vision board out, don't we? We have to get that vision board. We have to put it out there. We've got to make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to write this. I'm going to write this down and I'm going to live it every day. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to add something to it. Okay, I'm going to put some color to it too. I'm going to do that. This is the thing that I want to do. I may not have had that experience historically. I may not have looked at those that I've modeled or I've admired or loved and I didn't see necessarily that they were moving or whatever it was that they were doing. Certainly they were surviving because I'm here and I'm, I'm surviving. So I'm going to take it to a different level. I'm going to take on that challenge and I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to go and get somebody and I'm going to bring it with me, uh, bring them with me. So in that effort of saying, I want this happiness, I want this joy, I want this sense of fulfillment, then this is, this is what it looks like. And hey guys, guess what? If I don't know what it looks like, I'm going to uh, deal with be, trying to become empowered to go and do my due diligence. I'm going to go and do my, my, my little research, if you want to call it that. Right. I'm going to do whatever it takes for me to say, oh, wow, look at that flower over there. 
Tracy, those beautiful flowers over there. And how did she have all get all of those flowers? I love flowers. What is it that I'm going to have to do? Well, I'm going to have to get my hands dirty, right? I'm willing to do that because now I'm going to incorporate that and say that's a part of my flow because I want this joy. It's that willingness. It's that decision making. It's that choice. I love that. So we're talking about happiness today, people. This particular show is around happiness and joy. Choosing happiness, choosing joy, deciding even in the middle of a pandemic, you could be living your very, very best life. We're talking about today your best mind, body, soul, and your best relationships. You can be having those experiences right now in the middle of a pandemic. And, and, and you, you, the reason you both are so perfect to be together, and I'm so blessed to have you, you together, put you on gallery view real quick. So, so excited to have you all together here. Um, Sabrina, when I, when I had you, I interviewed you on my show when we were live in the studio before the pandemic. And I was talking about joy. And I think my first book is called Loving the Journey and Living the Dream, right? It's not published yet, but it's the book that we're publishing next. One of the next ones. And... Loving the journey and living the dream, like Dr. Tart said, it's an action. These are action words. And I said, choose joy. And then I, but really, I say, people say choose joy, but then we all know that happiness is there for the taking. So, how do you, what language do you use around happiness, joy, and choices? Well, you know, my conversation is about joy. And joy is not an emotion, it's a state of being. And it doesn't have to be found, no one can steal it. And the reason that is, is because the river of joy, that resource, that living energy is available and it was deposited inside our being as part of God's divine design for us. Mm -hmm. So it's not find joy, it's reconnect to it. It's already there. It doesn't have to be found. The location is within. And then the one of my favorite books, the book of truth that I live my life according to, um, says to us in scripture, and this is the creator of us speaking to us saying that my joy may remain in you. So the source of our joy is not self. That's just where it's found and that it may remain in us because that's where it was put in the first place and that your joy may be full. So the creator's intention for us is that the joy that the creator put in us as part of our DNA and our divine design, that it stay there and that it be on full and so, and then the, one of my favorite books, that same book of truth says in your presence is fullness of joy. So it's right there letting us know where do you go if you want to connect to that source in the presence of the divine and then connecting to where it already exists within you. Now, most of us are moving so fast, ripping and running is part of the reboot lifestyle. That's the contrast, the juicy woman lifestyle. And so if you're ripping and running, you miss stuff. Forget smell the roses. The roses are a blur. You're moving too fast. So this season we're in has caused us to sit our booties down and to slow down so that we can connect, so that we can be in the presence, so we can deepen our spiritual roots and disengage from so much over materialism and excessive capitalism and uber individualism. So, um, and reconnect to our joy. Let's not miss that. So that doesn't have to be found. We have to reconnect mm. to it. Mm. And then a secondary expression of joy is what one would call happiness. I've had people say, Debrina, how do you always stay so happy? I said, I'm not committed to happiness. My focus, my axis, my North Star is joy. Now, if you see behavior that you call happiness, hey, awesome. 
I'm just one woman trying to stay more connected to her joy than most. So happiness to me is kind of secondary and it naturally follows that when you're connected to your joy, then you will be happy. So that's why I'm, I'm really focusing on let's get to the source and then happiness will follow. I, I love it. Dr. Todd, I saw you nodding your head feverishly yes. yeah. as she started quoting scripture. She doesn't like anything better than somebody quoting scripture. So I think you, I think you nailed it, Dr. Todd. Because <laughs> what I was thinking about was in the, if you, if, if you go back to uh, what the scripture was saying, even when Timothy was going through some very difficult times, which is not uncommon to what, in terms of what we're going through now, the scripture tells us to rejoice. Again, I say rejoice, rejoice always. And, 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 and it is important for us to understand that it is something that God has given us. We have to believe that. Oh, y'all, it's about, we go there again. It, we have to go there again in terms, of about, in terms of asking ourselves, what do we believe? What do we choose to believe? There are so many distractions. There are absolutely so many distractions. All of the things that Debrina has just said, all of those things in terms of how we can so we can get so sidetracked. We have to and look at that for such a time as this. I've said I say that often when we are having these conversations, uh, Tracy, and I, I mean it for such a time as this, because this is the only time that we've got now. Yesterday is gone, tomorrow is not promised. For such a time as this, what do we choose to do with this time? And we can find that when we look for true joy. We, and we have to go, and let me just say this, we must go back to the source. Okay. And I love that. So what I, what we do with this show, again, this is a show, I like to say, <laughs> very simply, I like to say it's intentional but organic. So we came into this very intentional about living your best life, right? And I say in general, this bigger than me movement, we use technology, community, and positive psychology to help good people do great things, right? That, that's my general mission. And so when I think about what you say, it's not just about telling someone a thing. It has to be about bridging that gap between knowing a thing and doing it, mm -hmm. doing it, actually taking actions. What do we believe? Do we believe? Do we believe that we deserve joy? Yes, we all deserve it. And like you said, Debrina, you you just nailed it. It, it, is, it is who we are. It, it is ours for the taking, right? And now the question is how? So we can all believe we, we we believe that it's for the it's, it's for the taking it's ours for the taking we know that it will that, that it's about joy happiness is a result of that but it's about that that divine joy that we choose because again you can choose not to connect to it just mm -hmm. because it's there for the taking you can choose to think that this is the worst time ever 2020 i cannot wait till this year to be over oh my god i'm gonna hunker down for the next four months and hope that nothing else horrible happens or you can say you know what world has kind of slowed down. I have an opportunity now to really connect with self, to connect with family, to do all these other amazing things. Like this could be an amazing, what am I going to do for this next four months? September, October, November, December. Hmm. These could be the best four months of my entire life. If, what's that if for you? If, what is that if for you, uh, Dr. Tart? What is that if? What would you tell someone who came to your office and was like, Lord Jesus, I don't know if I could take another moment in 2020. And if you said, if you had to help help them fill in the gap, this year could be the best if they do what? How would you help people to bridge that gap between knowing that happiness can be theirs and doing it? Sabrina, you mentioned some some connecting with the source. To me, that's prayer and meditation. That's one of them. Absolutely. But are there other things that you guys would recommend? Are there other thoughts? Thoughts become things. What yeah. other thoughts can you guys share with people? 
it has to be intentional and it has to be continuous. It's something that you're- What's the you, it though? I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, what's the, the, the it? The We're it breaking is. it down. Like this is now the- okay. Okay. The it is how? understanding that, that whatever it is that you're saying, what, I, okay, you just said, well, uh, I can't wait until 2020 is over. And though we can talk about all kinds of uh, social things that have happened, political things that have happened in 2020. Okay, so, but, so what are you looking for for 2021? What does that look like? And where's the evidence to support the fact that you're going to live to 2021? So if it is that that is that important, whatever that it is, if you say, I really, what I really would like to do, Dr. Tart, I'd very much like to go back to school. Okay, let's do it. Okay, if ever there was a time that we can go to school and get whatever kind of degree that we're looking for, we can do it right there online. Do you have a computer? No, well then can you afford to get one? The libraries are open and it may be different than the way that it used to be, but if that's where you wanna go, then let's go do that. Is it that important to you or are you just blowing smoke? You know, let's, let's, let's be real here. Okay, let's, let's, let's do this thing if that's what you say that you really want to do, okay? Why is it that you believe, and that's the other thing that I would do as a therapist, why do you believe that that's so out of the park for you, that that's so huge that you can't get that? What are you talking about? You want to become a, a brain surgeon? No, that's not what it is. Well, what is it? Why, what's the importance of getting a degree if it is that that's what you say that you want? Where's the value in that? So we have to look at what that is. Who, who are you? God has given, God has poured into you the gift. He's given you some gifts. Have you ever tapped into that? Do you even believe that? If you do, then let's move. The moving, there's something as simple as, and I want to go back to something that uh, Brenda said, and that's about the, um, the vision board, because I'm a biggie about vision boards. How, what does that look like to you? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What color is it? I'm, I, I love that. I love to ask my clients, what color is that? Look in your head, I mean, give, it, give me a color. And what does that color mean to you? How does it make you feel? Our mm. thoughts, and I've said this often, are, are very directly are, are very uh, connected to our emotions. And there are emotions that hamper or prevent us from doing certain things. Can we go down and dig that out of the way and look at all of that beautiful, that, whether it's the beautiful earth, mm, I love the smell of earth, that, or, or, or is, it, is it just taking the, 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 the uh, uh, initiative to say, I'm gonna go and learn how to swim and just feel the, the, the beauty of the ocean or the, 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 the waters running over you in that regard. What is it that you want? The it is, let's def let, I, I, I try to encourage my clients to define the it. What's that obstacle? What's that thing that's blocking you? It's, and more often than not, it's an idea. It's, a, it's an idea. It's an old tape that was given to them by Fred, Bob, Ted, or Alice, or somebody, or whatever. And they valued it more than they value what it is that God has given them to have, the gift that he has given them, mm. the desire to want that. We can't do that for one another. We can encourage, but they have it. to move. They've the, they're the ones that have to do the moving and going back to belief. And I have to just say, Hebrews 11 and 6 says that if we don't have belief, we can't, not only can we not serve God, but in all honesty, we can't serve ourselves. We can't be split in 15 different pieces and say that we are a whole. Either we are committed to it or we aren't. So let's stop fooling ourselves. Let's stop mm. giving ourselves um, you know, mixed messages. I love Listen it. Listen to the old tapes and make a conscious decision to say that has no value for me anymore. It doesn't mm. serve me. So I'm choosing to replace it with a new 
I, I love it. So, guys, we, we're talking about living your best life, your best mind, body, soul, and relationships. So I think we kind of covered the mind. Anything okay. else you want to clar- clarify on the mind real quick before we go into the body, how to have our best bodies, uh, Debrina jackson Gandy. Anything else you want to share? Well, I'm going to piggyback on what Dr. Tart said about beliefs, because beliefs are our human thoughtware. So the same way that software is what runs a computer, um, what runs us is our beliefs. And so rarely do we stop to actually identify what beliefs we're operating from. And not only do we not stop to identify them, to dig them up because they're subterranean, they're beneath our behaviors, they're beneath our feelings, and they're beneath our thoughts. We live from our beliefs and have never taken time to actually identify them. And then once you identify them, you can actually extract them, release work, forgiveness work, and then you can actually replace them with beliefs that are more supportive and in line with what you say you want. And Mm. that's what transformation is about. So that's why there's so much efforting in this culture because we're always trying to move into action before we have first looked at the behavior and then the beliefs beneath the behavior that have us having whatever experience it is. And so you can change things very rapidly when you deal at the belief level versus just the action level. And this is a culture of action. Get in action. Do it. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And we are burned out. Our adrenals are taxed. We've got depletion, chronic depression, um, all kinds of byproducts of this overexertion, do, 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 do culture. So I'm for taking a look at beliefs. That's where the oh. power is. That's the root system. I love and that. Then you rebuild from that point, even in, again, scripture, as powerful as Jesus the Christ was and the thousands, thousands, thousands that he healed. He got back to his own uh, hometown of Nazareth. And he said to the disciples, let's keep it pushing because the unbelief is too thick up in here. It is blocking (laughs) my power. Beliefs run our lives and our world. And so belief work is a big part of the work I do with folks. Every course you do of mine, any coaching work I do, we will always do some belief work. I, I, I love it. And it's so powerful. I'm part of Debrina's Juicy Woman University. Uh, I've also been uh, under therapy <laughs> from Dr. Jerry Burtart when I was in corporate America being traumatized. <laughs> I needed Dr. Jerry Burtart to be like, what is wrong with these crazy people? No, I'm just I'm just joking. Uh, that was the conversation we had. It was. <laughs> yeah. No, that was accurate. Those crazy people. Yes. I'm yes. joking. I'm joking because again, it's all in love. So what I can't, what I can say <laughs> though, it's all in love. Um, what I can say, and what's super exciting is you mentioned it could be rapid when you think about your beliefs. Dr. Todd, I think I told you one of the co-authors for the book Ignite Happiness, um, again, these are authors from all around the world. Her name is Tracy Stone. She's a RTT, a rapid transformational therapist. So yes. I went through RTT with her and I actually went through RTT um, also with um, um, with someone else. I was in a car accident in December, and so I kind of went through an RTT with that. I'm literally traumatized. I can barely drive now. Um, don't even like being in cars because I was hit by a head-on with a drunk driver. Just ridiculous. But anyway, RTT as relates to weight loss. I went through a session with her, and we went through this amazing... I videotaped it all, of course, because it's going in my next book. It's 
ridiculously amazing. But what she helped me to think about, Dr. Charter, is what I really believe about weight loss. And like I said, we've talked about this before, where I said for me, because I grew up relatively poor, being able to eat whatever I want whenever I want it, that was my definition of success. I literally believe that. So this was my success sack. <laughs> and I'm going to turn it into a six-pack. There you <laughs> go. Like that? That's going in the book. So I'm turning my success sack, which again, if I believe I should be able to eat whatever I want whenever I want, that's the definition of success for a poor black girl in the hood. Go get a job, make as much money as you want, do it, you know, travel the world. I did all that. But that doesn't allow me to treat my temple. So we're going to talk about the body now. What we discovered is, my I do believe that my body is a temple. I can't believe both things. I can't believe that I can eat whatever I want whenever I want and that my body is a temple. Those two things don't reconcile themselves. Those, those are mutually exclusive thoughts. One of them has to win. So which one do I believe the most? Yes. I've had to shift my thinking to say, you know, I really, I understand that my body is a temple and I need to put whole foods, healthy foods. I wouldn't be sweeping trash into God's temple, but that's what I do. That's what I was, that's what I used to do mm. is eat food that wasn't healthy. That's basically cheap sweeping trash into God's temple. So that was how I reshaped my thinking as far as my body. What advice would you both give? I'm gonna start with Dr. Chart because I wanna ask you about people who are abusing their bodies basically in this time of, of COVID with substances. Maybe I'm drinking a little bit too much wine if I'm a wine drinker, right? Not one glass, but now I need a bottle every day because I'm homeschooling my kids and God knows, right? I mean, I don't have kids. This is just, <laughs> but what would you share, Dr. Chart, with people who are, you know, abusing substances potentially, drinking too much, eating too much? There's, there's, a, there's a COVID-15, I think we've already talked about that. And then, Debrina, I'm going to come back to you and ask you the same question about the body and what, what, what words would you, advice would you share with others? So, Dr. Chart, first, Living your best life, having your best body during this time. One of the things that you just said in, in your efforts uh, to give us the, uh, that example was to justify. And we go back to looking at, uh, again, the thought process and how do we hold on to that more often than not is because we justify. And it may be something that somebody did share with us or whatever, but under, in, the, in the circumstances of making a change, we have to recognize, why am I justifying this? Because I want to, because I'm grown, because I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do this, you know, whatever it is that we say, because that's our sense of freedom and, and, and I'm free, you know? Um, so therefore I can justify whatever I want. But again, we can't do both. What is the, if you're saying that you're going to justify continuing to do what you're doing, then the probability is greater than not you're gonna get what you got. Okay, but if you choose to truly choose to do that, it, it, is, it, as, it may seem as if it's and it, I guess as, as it relates to shifting or allowing the, the brain to, um, re, to be rewired, that part is, that, that's a little bit complicated because it's going to take a minute. But the simplicity of it is to believe that you can do it and then to put, a, put do what you can do. You know, what is it that you can do in order to get to that particular thing that you say that you want? What do you want this? You know, at, at this stage in, in my life, it may be that I say, I want to weigh what I weighed when I was uh, uh, 16 years old. I don't, I mean, people will think that I've got some kind of illness and I'm going to be gone soon if, if, I, if I go there. But I want to be appropriate. You know, we have to think in terms of what is appropriate? What is it? That, and, 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 and am I trying to compete with somebody who's 50 years younger than me? or whatever, how, how does that make sense? You know, look at the rationale as it were. This is, this is God's temple. What did he intend? Going back to the scripture, what did he intend? Those, there are some things that he poured into the system that's ageless, right? Are we choosing to hold on to those things? Or are we buying into this artificial marketing dynamics 
that, that, that each of us have snipped off from time to time and making that our God and all for all practical purposes. What is it that we're choosing to do? And then is it, is it, am I going to surrender? That's another thing. What part of this idea or these ideas that I've held onto that I'm not choosing to surrender? And some of those are the very things that will not allow us to move or to, to treat this body as the temple that God has intended. You, there are all kinds of things that we believe that because we are adults or because we are whatever, that we are so privileged to have and to do and because we can, and we aren't willing to give them up. And that goes into something, one of some one of the other presentations that you were giving, Tracy, but as it relates to this body, what is it that we choose to do with this body? Mm. And, and by whose standards, you know, what standard is, what standard are we using mm. to make that transformation? Okay, what standard? I and love do, that. We, do we hold on to the old or the new? I love that. Debrina Jackson Gandy, today, Debrina has a number of different things you're going to tell us all about that you're doing. But today you we had a session. It was an activate session. And you guys were talking about autumn, you and Delana Elliott. And you both were talking about this is, you know, coming into the fall. And there's certain things we want to shed, just like the leaves fall in the fall. There's certain things we need to shed. I'm, I was born on the autumn equinox, September 23rd. So I'm a September baby. And so this is my favorite time of the year. Even though I love the spring when flowers are blooming, I love the fall when the leaves are changing colors. And it's just, it's just such a magical time. And so let's talk a little bit about, again, having your best body, but also your best mind too. But we're focusing on the body here. You know, what would you talk to people, body or mind, spirit and soul, what do you need to, what do we need to think about as far as shedding, getting rid of in order to, yeah. to live our best life? Yeah. Well, I'm reminded of when it was time for me to have the sex talk with two of our daughters <laughs> and they're now 26 and 25, but when they were in their early teens, I said to them, so we're going to plan to go out to a wonderful restaurant. And after we have dinner and when we're enjoying dessert, we're gonna have a conversation about sex and sexual intercourse. And of course they were like, oh God, mom, no, I can't believe we're gonna go to a restaurant and have that conversation. I said, yes, we are, because we have other conversations over dessert. So this time we're gonna talk about sex. And I said to them, your body is a divine living temple. And that's not your mother just saying it because it sounds so wonderful and glorious. It's the maker of you has determined that. So I want you to line up with what your maker says about this body you've been given. It's a temple. I said, so tell me, what are the characteristics of a temple? And they said, oh, it's beautiful on the outside. It smells good on the inside. Um, the lawns are well manicured. There's not garbage all over the place. When you walk in, you lower your voice. Um, everything is in order. It's aesthetic. And they went on and on about this temple and they knew inherently what some of those characteristics were. I said, well, that's a built temple. So if you are a made living temple, what does that mean for you? And I talked about the gates that enter people or enter things into our temple, our eye gates and our ear gates and our mouth gate and our womb gate, the vagina. I said, you were charged with being guardian of your gates of your divine living temple. So when we, when we think about, well, what are the shifts I might make? What are the gaps? Well, first of all, am I, am I thinking of my body like a thing? Most likely if you were socialized and brought up in America because of the cultural norms and the conversation about the body as a thing to feed and exercise and clothe and work out like an object, we do not speak of and we do not by and large treat 
our bodies like a divine living temple. So we can start to do a little analysis and say, okay, well, what I'm taking in through my eyes, does that support and add life and energy to my body? Or does it make me anxious? I'm watching a movie and there's 15 murder scenes in it, 15 gunshots where people are die, dying, laying out on the floor bleeding and they zoom in all close and show blood all over the place. Hmm, is that life or is that death coming into my eye gate? Let me check the lyrics of the songs I'm listening to, not just the hook. Let me notice what conversations, the words I'm allowing to come into my being through my ear gate. What am I putting in my mouth? Is it adding life and years to my body or is it dead? Is it in a bag? Is it in a box? Is it in a can? Are the enzymes killed? I can't add dead to my mouth and it give me life. And then in terms of the womb gate, the vagina, I call it the goodness in my third book. Who am I allowing to enter that gate? Who and how are they entering? Who is entering and how are they entering? And do they deserve passage into the Holy of Holies in the first place? So Love it. If we just make that shift just so we understand just what this amazing creation is. That gives us a backdrop for doing some assessment. And most of us are falling far short of relating to our bodies like divine living temples of mm. the divine Holy Spirit, God's mm. address in the earth, sacred real estate. And we all have been given it. I love it. Nick, oh how much, what's, give me a time check, Nick, real quick. So I know this is like the fastest hour of my entire life. Wow. So we have 17 minutes, ladies. So we've got, we've talked about the mind. We've talked about the body. We've got a little bit on the soul. You guys have been talking very spiritually. I'm going to jump to relationships and you guys want to bring soul in there. You can. First of all, relationships. This could be the worst time or the best time for relationships, right? I mean, we know divorce, divorce rates are up. Child abuse is up. All kinds of things are up. But we could decide, you know what? How do we make this the very best time? Dr. Child, I'm going to go to you real quick. What would you say is the best way for us to really focus on our relationships? Let's talk about that person that we are living with. If there's another human being in the house with us, assume they're in a, we're in a relationship with that person. What would you say is the best way for us to thrive during this time, to, 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 re, to, reach, to reach, choose a new paradigm? We're not trapped in the house with them. We have the lucky blessing to be spending more quality time with these people that we Absolutely. love. Absolutely. I think in, in uh, any relationship, whether it's with ourselves, because there are a number of people who live alone, and uh, or whether it's with other people, you know, a spouse or a partner, uh, even our children or whatever. I think that if we were to come from a place of love, and when I say that, I'm not saying that it is uh, gonna always be, um, um, you're, you're gonna always be comfortable because sometimes you aren't. You have to have comfortable, com uh, 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 dis uncomfortable conversations about circumstances or whatever. But we have to be mindful of the place from which it is that we draw our conclusions or our verbiage or whatever. And is it a place of love? Do we, does it come from, a, do, are, are we, do we love ourselves in, in that regard? Like if all that I give, I give to you. And if, if, if where I, 
bring that from or where I pull that from is a place of love. If I'm angry with you, I can still come to you from a place of love. If I'm willing to share with you using the kinds of terms or, or, or using um, being mindful of the fact that you are someone that I, I want to that I want to, I want you to understand that I, I love you, that I care about you. Um, are you sensitive enough to be empathetic about a situation? Are you willing to um, give what not? Well, I, you know, once upon a time I used to say I'm going to give what I expect to receive, but sometimes that's not healthy because if a place, if a person is coming from a toxic, toxic mindset then they may be able to receive all kinds of abusive terms or abusive behaviors or whatever. But if I'm coming from a place of love, I want to come from that place of consideration. So in these times, these we recognize that because we are home as probably much, I mean, more than we have been before, what are you doing with your time? Are you willing to manage it? If you are in a place where you are angry or you are frustrated, what are you doing? Do you just pick it up and just go with it? Or do you give yourself permission to just say, I need, I need to go and check myself. And, and that's not necessarily a practiced behavior that we do often. You know, sometimes we're in the moment and before you know it, we say, or at least that's what we say. And then we come back and we say that I made a mistake. Nope, it was an ill thought out decision. That's what it was, it wasn't a mistake. You made a conscious decision. If you're invested, if you called a person or you said something or you did something and you wanted something, which and that something may have been to hurt, it may have been to do whatever. It may have been, it was more, more than likely an ill thought out decision. But what then do we do? We we make a conscious decision with those little ones, those, those four-year-olds, those, those even those babies. That baby that's two months old is going to do but God has uh, afforded to them the ability to do. So as one who is a caregiver, we've got to be mindful of where we are. We've got to be in the moment. We have to have that sense of mindfulness. And if it's a little bit more than I can handle right now, and the little one maybe will have to cry a, a more, another five or six minutes until I can pull it together so that I can go and pick him up or her up with love, with the intention of, 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 of protection then let's do that. Let's check ourselves. And if it's that husband or, or even that grandparent over there that's that's living with us now or whatever, and they're being whoever it is that they are, and, and I've got a responsibility because the, the, the reality here is that regardless of whatever it is that they're doing, I'm still charged with my choices. I'm still charged with my behavior. So I've got to be conscious of that. And if I don't know how to do that, then we have to be willing to go whether going into your closet, whether going into your, wherever your closet is, go into that little quiet space so that you can pull it down a notch, you know, walk around the neighborhood, whatever it is that you have to do, but your willingness to be mindful of what it is that you give, okay? Be mindful of that and allow it to come from a place of caring, a place mm -hmm. of consideration and, and and a place of harmony. If you can- I love that. Offer. Okay. I love that. I love it. It's basically back to choice, right? We, we get to decide how we're going to respond in any situation. Debrina, one of the last things you shared, and I got to tell you, it was transformational for me. I, and I've been, I literally left corporate America, started a ministry. I've been doing some quality time, some quality work. I'm, I'm writing like nobody's business. When I say I got five books, literally going to be published in the next six months, that's me and Jesus. We've been doing a lot of quality time together. But I'm still growing every day. And I think that's one thing that we all have to do. One of the things, I got so many, so many, many more things to learn and grow about. 
But one of the things that you shared with me, you guys see that I'm wearing pink today? Now, you know, I am not a pink girl. Like, I am not a girly girl, right? But, Debrina, one of the things that you shared with us, you talked about tapping into our feminine power. And one of the things that has changed my relationship is, I, I do have to admit, right, I have um, a bit of a type A personality. You know, I, I've transitioned significantly since I left corporate America. Um, but even in my relationship, because we're used to being you know, getting stuff done, right? We're used to having that, you know, tapping into that, what do you call it? Masculine energy. But you just said, yeah, that's the boss thing. Yeah. Because women are at the top. We actually are. Can you, can you define the people that concept of being submissive, which used to be a a four letter word for me? Um, Like submissive, right? Can you explain the power in that and the beauty in that and what comes with that? Because I got to tell you, the response has been exactly what you said it was going to be. When my honey responds to my feminine energy, Lord Jesus, he is powerless to my <laughs> to my powers. <laughs> well, first of all, it's not submissive. And second of, of all, we're oh. talking about God's divine design of covenant marriage. Okay. So specifically in the domain of covenant marriage, which by the way, you're not in that domain. So single folks, you're not in that domain. Okay. So, so let's talk boyfriend. about women. So we talk, we have a lot of professional women. I think hang we have on, like, hang on. I yes. got to clear this up. Got to yes. clear this up. So we can't have a conversation about submit, not submissive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Unless we're having a conversation about covenant marriage and God's divine design. First of all, now, secondly, so, so let's just clear that. It's not. So define the difference between the word submit and submissive. Well, I'm sticking with what scripture uses. It yes. uses the word submit, which mm-hmm. is a verb. Mm-hmm. Submissive is descriptive of. So I'm talking okay. about the verb submit. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a much bigger conversation that that has to take place inside of. Okay. There are three divine assignments that if you are a wife that are part of how you move inside covenant. And there are eight divine assignments that husbands have. Okay, so, so that, that'd be another thing. So submit right. is only one of three, and it would be like saying, let's talk about a cake recipe, and you only talk about the eggs. Okay. So Thank you. that's a whole nother conversation. You Love have it. to do it in context. Then let's talk about um, coming out of masculine or coming out of corporate America, where there were certain energies and ways of being that you activated to win and 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 manage and hang and succeed in that environment right? Nothing wrong with those ways of being. Cause in that space, it worked. It was killing a lot of people, but it was what was called for, right? So what happens is that when we move into a new domain called the love relationship space and engaging with men, if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, which is my lived frame of reference, what often happens is we're still activating that masculine energy. And guess what? When masculine energy encounters masculine energy inside love relationships, they repel just like the ends of two magnets push away from each other because you don't have the complementary polarities of feminine and masculine drawing together to create a phenomenon called attraction. So we bring the overly masculinized energy of corporate America, of higher education often, if we were in athletics, if we were in the military, in those spaces, that masculine energy serves us well. But in the space, 
and in the domain of love relationships, it will be our undoing and it will be the undermining of and one of the major contributing factors to the friction that we may keep experiencing with our mates or our husbands or our partners or our boyfriend. So, or just someone we're dating. And that is the order of the day right now because we have so many women starting their own businesses, which is great. It's that boss chick energy, that get it done, actional arrow energy, mark the box off, do, 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 I got it. That same energy will be your greatest enemy if you bring it over into your love space, which we're doing. And it's wreaking havoc so, among so, other things. So, so now, how much time we got left, uh, Nate? I'm going to have you transition. This is powerful. Then I'm going to have you in. Six minutes. He said six minutes. So uh, I'm going to have you say something. And Dr. Shaw, I'm going to have you in. But really, so now let's go to the how. Because we know that you, you've now explained that same male energy needs to be changed. Can you explain the how in three minutes? The best not you can? male energy, because male is gender. So oh, sorry. feminine masculine and masculine energy, energy is not specific, right? So let's get so masculine energy. Yeah. Masculine energy. So first of all, just become aware of it. And don't ever, don't underestimate awareness. I know you always want people to get to the do, 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 do. And I'm like, chill for a second on the do. So what you're doing is aligned. And let's step back and just be aware of how you're showing up first. Be aware of how you are behaving. Be aware of the response to showing up with all that masculine energy. So if you just start doing, you could be doing the wrong thing or all off in the wrong space doing. And so first of all, just be aware, check yourself and increase your awareness of how you're showing up, how you've been speaking, doing, engaging and interacting. So you can identify how the overly masculinized energy manifests. So then you can start to make choice by choice shifts as to, oh, I'm going to shift. I came a little strong in my conversation. I um, asked my my uh, my spouse, my boyfriend, the man I'm digging. I asked him to do something for me, and then I went ahead and did it myself. Hmm. Okay. Uh, activating my feminine energy is about allowing myself to receive graciously. So let me refrain from the compulsion to go ahead and do it myself. But if you don't know you're doing that and you're an autopilot, then you can't even check that behavior, which you could actually shift in a very short amount of time if you were aware. So I'm about awareness first. I, I love it. And honestly, when you guys first shared that, it was the awareness. All I needed to do was be aware. And then, and yep. then you also checked us on the, um, the, the just basically the acknowledgement of what happens and then it's like just try it and, and, I, and I'm, I have I have some feminine wiles <laughs> that I'm a, that I'm aware of, of that I'm aware of but yeah. I am he, he's actually in the other room right now so I'm talking loud now he knows the secret to my success I actually told him as soon as the session was over I was like Kim let me just tell you what Debrina said today and he said mm, everything everything I was saying he was like mm, so I was like, and it's not like he didn't, he hasn't said that before. He's like, we have, we've, I mean, we, we're, we're in a really good relationship, but I can tell you, I changed and that changed everything. So Dr. Yeah. Chart, we're going to, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, men often give us powerful insights, but they do it in sound bites and we will dismiss or invalidate what they're saying. And so he said it probably many times in a sound totally. bite. 
and you just rolled right past it. Roll right past it. Moving too fast, didn't even catch it. Dr. Chart, in our last point, two, less than two minutes, what would you like to say to women and men about how to thrive in relationships during what she said? Time? What she said? <laughs> <laughs> How was that, Tracy? Well, what she said, I agree. <laughs> we don't have to take it any further. Well, there yeah. you go. Don't you love it? She nailed it. <laughs> don't you love it? Any final words? You got literally 30 seconds. Any final thing either one of you guys want to say? Again, this is action-oriented. Living your best life. What words would you share as we close regarding... Uh, Tracy, in, 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 in uh, seriousness, really, what she said, but we think differently. You were just saying about men may give you us things in sound bites. We are con we we are relational type thinkers. So if it's not in that process of what we are relating to, that's one of the reasons that it goes one of the reasons that it goes directly over our heads. So we need to recognize that there is a distinct difference in the way in which this, we speak to one another and how we receive what the other says. Doctor Char, I think the one thing you said to me, and I think it was you said the same thing, Debrina. So you say this. You talked about when you're in the middle of the heat. That's not a teachable moment. No, it's not. It is absolutely not. When is? What should people do? When they get this awareness, what should they do? Okay, once you've calmed down, you're going to feel what you feel and you go from zero to 60 or whatever. When you can calm down, maybe go put your hand in some warm, soapy water or whatever to do some cleaning. But whenever it is that you calm down and you allow the, the, the adrenaline to subside or whatever, that becomes more of a teachable moment. And then you can readdress the issue. And oftentimes we don't do that because once it's settled, we go, I don't want to rock the boat. Well, the boat needs to be rocked in a manner in which it is that you can receive the information. And that's mm. when you're calm. I love it. And to bring the last word, changing ourselves changes others. Yes? Yes. Yes. It creates shifts in others. People respond differently. Yep. Mm, Absolutely. Mm, mm. Shifting everything. As we each change ourselves, we shift everything. We really can live our best lives. You guys just, you all need to watch this over and over and over. You just basically gave them everything they need to live their best life right now. If you, if you replay this, body, mind, souls, relationships. It's bigger than me, baby. I love it. it <laughs>